carried his jars round to the back porch, while the horse moved slowly ahead to the gate of the next customer and waited there. He'd gone into the Pollocks, Adams thought, following this progress. I hope it'll sour on him before breakfast. Delivered the Andersons. Now he's getting ours. Listen to that darn brute. What's he care who wants to sleep? His complaint was of the horse, who casually shifted weight with a clink of steel shoes on the worn brick pavement of the street, and then heartily shook himself in his harness, perhaps to dislodge a fly far ahead of its season. Light had just filmed the windows, and with that the first sparrow woke, chirped instantly, and roused neighbors in the trees of the small yard, including a loud-voiced robin. Vociferations began irregularly, but were soon unanimous. Sleep. Dang likely now, ain't it? Night sounds were becoming day sounds. The faraway hooting of freight engines seemed brisker than an hour ago in the dark. A cheerful whistler passed the house, even more careless of sleepers than the milkman's horse had been. Then a group of colored workmen came by. And although it was impossible to be sure whether they were homeward bound from night work or on their way to day work, at least it was certain that they were jocose. Loose aboriginal laughter preceded them afar, and beat on the air long after they'd gone by. The sick-room nightlight, shielded from his eyes by a newspaper propped up against a water pitcher, still showed a thin glimmering that had grown offensive to Adams. In his wandering and enfeebled thoughts, which were much more often imaginings than reasonings, the attempt of the nightlight to resist the dawn reminded him of something unpleasant, though he could not discover just what the unpleasant thing was. Here was a puzzle that irritated him the more because he could not solve it, yet always seemed just on the point of a solution. However, he may have lost nothing cheerful by remaining in the dark upon the matter, for if he had been a little sharper in this introspection, he might have concluded that the squalor of the nightlight, in its seeming effort to show against the forerunning of the sun itself, had stimulated some half-buried perception within him to sketch the painful little synopsis of an autobiography. In spite of the noises without, he drowsed again, not knowing that he did, and when he opened his eyes the nurse was just rising from her cot. He took no pleasure in the sight, it may be said. She exhibited to him a face mismodeled by sleep, and set like a clay face left on its cheek in a hot and dry studio. She was still only in part awake, however, and by the time she'd extinguished the nightlight and given her patient his tonic, she had recovered enough plasticity. Well, isn't that grand? We've had another good night, she said as she departed to dress in the bathroom. Yes, you had another, he retorted, though not until after she had closed the door. Presently he heard his daughter moving about in her room across the narrow hall, and so knew that she had risen. He hoped she'd come in to see him soon, for she was the one thing that didn't press on his nerves, he felt, though the thought of her hurt him, as indeed every thought hurt him but it was his wife who came first. She wore a lank cotton wrapper, and a crescent of gray hair escaped to one temple, from beneath the handkerchief she had worn upon her head for the night and still retained. But she did everything possible to make her expression cheering. Oh, you're better again. I can see that as soon as I look at you, she said. Miss Perry tells me you've had another splendid night. He made a sound of irony, which seemed to dispose unfavorably of Miss Perry. And then, in order to be more certainly intelligible, he added, She slept well, as usual. But his wife's smile persisted. It's a good sign to be cross. It means you're practically convalescent right now.
Oh, I am, am I? No doubt in the world, she exclaimed. Why, you're practically a well man, Virgil. All except getting your strength back, of course, and that isn't going to take long. You'll be right on your feet in a couple of weeks from now. Oh, I will? Of course you will, she laughed briskly, and going to the table in the center of the room, moved his glass of medicine an inch or two, turned a book over so that it lay upon its side, and for a few moments occupied herself with similar futilities, having taken on the air of a person who makes things neat, though she produced no such actual effect upon them. Of course you will, she repeated absently. You'll be as strong as you ever were, maybe stronger. She paused for a moment, not looking at him, then added cheerfully, so that you can fly around and find something really good to get into. Something important between them came near the surface here. For those